This is Coffee Go for June 30, 2023. Keep up to date with the important news in the Go community in just 15 minutes per week. I'm Jonathan Hall. And I'm Shai Nechmad. How you doing? I'm great. How are you, Shai? Having a good day. Wonderful. A good day, <laughs> mate. Is that too much of a... All right, so we're going to talk about GopherCon AU <laughs> in Sydney. Um, and this was my best Australian accent, which is not great. I'm wondering if you can pull it off because you're an American. No, I don't know how that's better. <laughs> Americans think that every accent that's not American is just a foreign accent. They just kind of oh, make small. I yeah. don't because I've lived in Europe long enough, but I think that's pretty typical. Crikey. There's Crikey. a great uh, <laughs> conference coming up. If you're in Sydney in November, uh, November 8th through November 10th, uh, GopherCon AU is going to happen. The actual conference days are the 9th and the 10th. And there's a bunch of things to do there, and you can just contact them, get on the mailing list, and you know they have a page, they have a Twitter, they have everything. So that's the upcoming conferences. Actually, GopherCon EU is happening right now, like as we're recording. Yeah. By the time you hear this, it will have ended yesterday. We're recording this a day early. Yeah. <laughs> um, with one uh, great uh, speaker, Yarden uh, Livenbutt. Uh, who we're going to hear later this episode. Mm -hmm. She's all over your Go uh, <laughs> space right now. All right, so we have some interesting proposals to discuss this week. The first one, a uh, proposal that was accepted, adding a generic null type to SQL. So first of all, there's a package called Database SQL. Uh, have you heard of it? Of course. What are your thoughts on ORMs? I hate ORMs. Well, whether you like them or hate them, if you use database SQL directly or if you use any of the ORMs that Go offers, they all use database SQL under the hood because it's a great package. Most do. Yeah, there's yeah, a couple yeah, of obviously. But yeah. I know at least that Bun does and I think GORM does as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's like 80-90% of the ORMs yeah. people actually use. It didn't have null uint64 when it was proposed. Uh, Russ said, wait for generics. So now someone was like, we have generics. Can we have it now? Uh, <laughs> with a quick implementation. And Russ uh, accepted it. Looks good. What other proposals do we have? Yeah, so next up on the list is one that kind of came and went faster than you can sneeze, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really dumb. Although, it's to be fair, it's been around for 13 years also. And now, if that, if that doesn't confuse people enough, <laughs> The proposal was one uh, presented by, by one Shaim Nekmad. I hope I said his name correctly. <laughs> That's close. Yeah. It's closer than most Americans. Okay. All right. Since we're talking about American accents this week. Even ones living in Europe. Anyway, the proposal was to add uh, encoding YAML to the standard library, which I think is a reasonably good idea, but it, it was shut down pretty quickly. The real reason, I think, is that YAML is a, there's a couple of reasons. YAML is a complicated standard that's not very standard. There's a lot of nuance in it. Um, very few implementations are 100% intercompatible with each other. And then you have special cases like, uh, do you need to be able to rewrite YAML with comments in, in line and keep the formatting and stuff like that, which happens a lot more in YAML than it does, say, in JSON. So all of these considerations, plus the fact that, as we mentioned last week, there is a really popular third-party YAML implementation that kind of serves the main purpose that that uh, is needed, it was sadly declined. Mm -hmm. It was declined as infeasible, not yeah. as bad, which uh, for me feels nice. Honestly, it was just very interesting for me to propose my first proposal. Yeah, It was following a discussion in the, our Slack channel, hashtag Kappa Go Kebab Case on the Gopher Slack, 
where someone was Theo, Theo Salvo, was uh, confused because he thought that uh, YAML going in the standard library, or he said that YAML is going in the standard library, and then Patricia was like, what? Is YAML <laughs> going in the standard library? And then Theo was like, I'm depending on Kapago to let me know if it does end up in a proposal. <laughs> that sort of uh, you know left a scratch in my brain of like, I don't want to follow up on every single proposal. I have to remember Theo. So I just proposed <laughs> it myself so I can close the loop. So Theo here... I'm telling you, it ended up as a proposal and it sucked. <laughs> Don't put your money on my proposals in the future. <laughs> well, it was fun while it lasted. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. And I think it was a good discussion. I wasn't aware of how much people hated Yamit. I thought it was yeah. like fine. I didn't have like... Straight. I'm not a big fan, but I don't hate it. Anyway, Yeah. I think if nothing else, this proposal adds some flesh to the 13-year-old proposal that had a single comment and was closed. So it's it's nice to see some reasoning behind it so at least those those questions are answered for anybody in the future yeah if you do want yaml you have you know the yaml v3 package which is great it works great mm-hmm. and it's well implemented and maintained and stuff like that so it's not like we don't have yaml exactly. we just don't have yaml in the standard library uh, last proposal we want to mention it's something we actually talked about about how great it's going to be when gopath is going to uh, be deprecated so you know hold on to your champagne uh, champagne bottles because it's not going anywhere yeah. Um, you remember that scene from uh, Wolf of Wall Street where he grabs the mic yeah. and he's like, I'm not f- leaving. <laughs> so we hoped that GoPath would go away, but Russ uh, opened a proposal where it's been made clear since it's a likely accept. GoPath is not really going anywhere, mostly in the name of backwards compatibility. What I hope will come out of this is every tutorial that talks about GoPath, we should go there, right? We should go look for the data sources that say GoPath. And I wish there was a way to, you know, untrain GoPath from a GitHub Copilot data set just so nobody stumbles on it by accident because it caused so many problems in the past. Mm -hmm. But honestly, if you're using modern Go, if you started in the last two years, you shouldn't be worried about it. Two, three years even? You shouldn't worry about it anymore. Right. Uh, But it's going to stay for backwards compatibility. Um, I guess it's going to go away and go too. (laughs) <laughs> that wraps it up for proposals this week. But obviously, we have a huge release looming up in the horizon. Yes, we do. So let's talk about what's going on there. We talked a bit last week about some features that are going to go in 121. Uh, we didn't want to do a, just a 121 uh, dump. So here are some new cool stuff. First this week in the Go 1.21 news, uh, as far as things added to that uh, to this release that's upcoming, um, is PGO. Uh, it's not added, really. It was added in the last version, but it was added as an experimental feature. Now it's ready for prime time. So uh, profile-guided optimization is enabled and ready to go. And I think one of the coolest things is that just running it on the Go compiler itself has shown to improve compilation speeds by around 6%. So that's pretty spiffy that we can, the Go compiler itself eats its own PGO dog food. Yeah. And 6% is nothing to laugh at. No, if I could speed up my stuff by 6%, I would totally do it. Yeah. Other things in the Go 121, you know, huge release that's coming that we want to share with you is new stack traces. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we don't like to think about us needing stack traces and needing good stack traces. Obviously, not a problem for Jonathan. Uh, doesn't write bugs, uses a bugless-oriented programming. Yep. Uh, you can buy his course, uh, Bugless-Oriented Programming <laughs> for Dummies. For suckers, is really more accurate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Buckless oriented programming, uh, crystal therapy, and homotherapy, <laughs> um, homeopathy. That's what I'm. Uh, yeah. That's what I meant. All right. Anyway, uh, enough for poking fun. Uh, so we need stack traces. And one thing that's been missing is when you run, you know, a few Go routines. Sometimes it's really hard to know which Go routine caused the stack trace, especially if you have a server with a long running Go routines, where it's not just one Go routine per server, but uh, something more long lived. It's very interesting to see the. Uh, which goroutine caused what. Uh, now you have the ID of the goroutine, which is a great feature. Also, you can pin Go memory, can, you know, have more Go debug options. And the last thing that I really, really like here is Go applications can opt into Windows error reporting, WER. Now, I don't know if our listeners know this. You probably know this if this is not your first episode. But Jonathan, what's your operating system of choice? Android. yeah so jonathan uses linux but for windows the windows error reporting system is a whole like it's a mini operating system within of itself i don't know how much you know about windows error reporting but i have a friend that uh, researched it and found tons of vulnerabilities in it i know more about it than i want to and it's a hugely complicated system so this is just a line here in the release but i imagine that there's a whole lot of work going behind this and that's great, right? Because if the Go program will crash, it will open up the Windows error reporting uh, service and, you know, we'll send the logs back to Microsoft and perhaps to the app publisher as well. And this whole super useful ecosystem that uh, Windows has around uh, crashing applications. So, you know, just uh, some runtime features that I hope you don't need, but I'm definitely happy that are there. And we have two more features to talk about. The first one is type inference improvements. You want to take a stab at this one? Yeah, this one is a little bit uh, beyond me, honestly. It's It's rough, and it's rougher in audio format as well. So I think first thing we should tell our audience is go read this one. Yeah, We're just going to mention it, but go read it. It's interesting. It's a great feature to, if you have a go meeting at your workplace or a Go developer group, that's a cool thing to send on Slack to tickle uh, people's minds a bit. Reads like an exercise. Yeah, (laughs) really high level, because if people don't know what it is, like me before I learned about this change, missing type arguments may be inferred by a series of steps, and those steps have been simplified and improved. I shouldn't say simplified, they've been improved. But yeah, it's mostly related to use uh, with generics, uh, which is why I haven't messed with it so much, because I haven't really done much with generics. So I'm not going to make a fool of myself, pretend like I understand most of what's going on here, but uh, it's been improved, so go read it. (laughs) Yeah. One thing I think is useful is, you know, want to do functional programming and you want to do generics. So now you should be able to do it with a lot less type plumbing in your code. Because now in Go 121, it's going to figure out calls to generic functions on slices of functions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's going to figure it out on its own, uh, which is great. I think it's mostly going to help people find bugs where they just put in any and now they can delete the any and the compiler is going to tell them, oh, you're actually wrong. Like this is, might crash sometimes. But a great feature. I hope that the, I don't know, 0.001% of people who actually understand it will be able to use it. Uh, and last feature, we want to talk about something that's going to be a lot more ubiquitous, I think. Yeah. Unicode 15 support. Uh, yeah, who doesn't like Unicode, right? So there are new blocks which includes some languages that I don't speak, but I assume are important, like Kawi. And actually Arabic, I speak a bit, but like more uh, okay. Arabic uh, characters and adiographs and whatever. Uh, obviously, we all want to know about the cool uh, new icons. 
mm-hmm. that are gonna come out. So you can use uh, some new symbols, whether it be a hair pick, maracas, jellyfish, and the pink heart. We don't have pink hearts yet. Strange. Oh wait, you have red, blue. Oh, you don't have pink. That's funny. There are a ton of uh, statistics around it, but one thing that I found interesting is that you have 29 additional Egyptian hieroglyphs, which will enable Egyptologists to better represent texts. And I really, really want to see that in my source code, right? Yes. Like, it's not readable. Anyway, I'm not going to figure out the good name. I'm just going to call everything a factory manager implementation. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. might as well use hieroglyphs to at least give it some mystic aura. You right. know? <laughs> and take up less real estate on your screen. Honestly, yeah. But I don't know. I saw Mummy recently, so it might uh, freak me out a bit. Uh, So yeah, support for Unicode 15. If the character sets are actually relevant for you, you know, if you speak Kawi, even though it's a historical script or, you know, just some Arabic uh, stuff that's used in Turkey, you know, any of the other languages, um, that's great. I hope it will be useful to you, even though, you know, in between the lines, I really think that source code should only be in English. But I guess that's sort of a English-centric speaking uh, way of looking at stuff. Uh, and to round out things this week, we have two releases to cover. So what's going on with Delve? Yeah, Delve version 1.21.0 is released. If you don't know, Delve is the interactive debugger for Go. And it has a ton of new things, features, bug fixes, and some new contributors. So shout out to the five people who are new contributors this time. Wow, that's great. I really enjoyed, um, you know, Derek Parker's talk. Uh, I saw him at is- GopherCon Israel. He was the keynote. And he gave a talk called Go is the Language of Dreamers. And I'm really happy to see that, you know, even though he had this really big idea about what Go people should do and whatever, he's still working on Delve, still improving mm-hmm. the debugger, still committing to that uh, project. Also, one thing I really like seeing, you know, this is a side note. But if you go to Derek's GitHub page, can see that he consistently contributes code not on weekends mm. which i think is just great it's a badge of honor in my opinion not coding on the weekends and final release we want to shout out this week is uh, go releaser we mentioned it mentioned go releaser a few times but there's just so many features uh, that i couldn't not mention it there are a ton of features you can send stuff to telegram now with uh improved message format github you can avoid rate limits which is pretty great (laughs) so they wait they like avoid rate limits uh instead of hitting the rate limit and go release or failing and you can open pull requests cross repositories and open draft pull requests so you know even more control around github which i think is probably the main use case for people using go releaser (laughs) and a whole bunch of other features you know if you need one then you know that uh, it's there uh, even the completion has been improved. They've added new architectures and, and new distribution mechanisms. Nix is supported. Winget is now added. I even don't know what Winget is. I don't That's either. That's how good this project is. It sounds like it's useful for someone. Oh, Windows <laughs> Get. Second time we mentioned Windows on this uh, episode. Maybe it's time that we upgrade our operating systems. I don't think you fully understand the, what upgrade means. <laughs> So this covers the news for this week. A whole bunch of uh, really interesting stuff. But I really implore you to stay after the break where we have a great interview with two amazing gophers, Nofar and Yerden, who will tell us about Women Ago and Women Ago, the Israeli chapter. Yeah. So stick around after the break. And thanks for listening. See you there. All right. 
right. Welcome to our ad break. It's a good time to take a breather uh, before we jump into the super interesting interview we have for you this week. Let's knock it out real quick. You want to reach us? You can reach us at kapago.dev, at the Gopher Slack, at hashtag kapago, kebab case uh, with hyphens. Or you can email us at news at kapago.dev, news at kapago.dev. We have only one uh, thing to mention this week, which is we have a name for a our name. cute mascot uh, gopher icon that's drinking coffee thing. Yay. But the problem is we have two. Uh-oh. We put out a survey two episodes ago where people could just hand in answers. Yeah. Then we picked our top five and asked you to pick which one of those you liked. And we have a two-way tie. Go from the bottom up. Give, give us the, the losers first. Work our way up. Oh, all right. So Vaughn Caffeinator didn't get any votes. What? Even though I like that. Caffeinated Cody got one. Okay. Uh, Mike got one, which I, I thought Mike was pretty good, actually. But I guess there are a ton of Mikes. Uh, and we have 43% of the vote split between Go Bean and Brewster. Okay. I haven't told Jonathan these results until now. And mm-hmm. we're going to decide live on the air. Is it Go Bean or Brewster? All right. So how are we going to do this? We're, we're just going to pick a preference and then we count to three and we, we say it. And if we're unanimous, we win. And if one, not, then we do a cage fight. Two, three. Brewster. Brewster. Yes. Yes. <laughs> nice. All right. So everybody meet our new mascot, Brewster. Uh, everybody say hi to Brewster. That's cool. It's like a dog name, right? Yeah. Maybe I'll name my next dog Brewster. So we have a name. Thanks, everybody, for uh, indulging us in this fun activity. If you want to get some Brewster swag, wow, that yeah. sounds good. Nice. Uh, so we have some uh, Brewster stickers and some Cup of Go uh, coffee mugs with uh, Brewster printed on them. Uh, you can go to store.cupago.dev and get your own merch. Um, I recently canceled the first order. <laughs> It's a funny oh. story. I okay. When we get an order, we get the details, like the shipping details. Uh-huh. And one of the orders was from my brother who lives like two blocks down oh. the street. So I, I have samples. So I just gave him some samples. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, you don't have to buy those. I have uh, like my the samples that they sent me. All right. But yeah, if you want to get him and you're not my little brother, then you have to buy them at storyatcupofgo.dev. <laughs> Help support the show. And if you want to support the show even more, Please uh, rate us uh, or favorite us or leave a review or whatever it is on your relevant app, be it Spotify, iTunes, or uh, AM radio, wherever you listen to your podcast, just uh, share the good word. Let people know that we're doing this thing. That's it. That's it. Stick around for a great interview about women who go. Yep. I think it's fine. I think it's fine. We're getting like six pixels of you in video. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) let's start jonathan i have a question for you yes are you a woman uh not last i checked neither am i really my wife is yeah my wife is too yeah and it's interesting to hear about women in tech it's harder does your wife code yeah a lot we just finished lunch and the whole lunch was like so frida loads the application and it's java and the snippets are in javascript and memory management this was in my entire lunch she codes in java she doesn't code in go not uh, yet i wonder who we can introduce her to that uh, will help uh you know get her started on that journey i wish oh hi nafaro hi arden (laughs) hello hi (laughs) thank you for having us welcome to our show uh how about you introduce yourself? This is the first time we do a tag team uh, interview. So uh, how about you start, uh, Nofa? Sure. 
Really great to be here. Appreciate it, guys. And um really excited. So I'm Nofar. I'm uh, 33. I'm based in Ertalia. I've started coding when I was 13, actually, but I've been stuck to a computer since I was six. And yeah, for uh, about 12 years, I've been a software developer and a team leader in different companies, big uh, organization and also startups. But in the past four years, I actually moved to the dark side and now I'm an investor at a VC. But coding is, was always something I loved. I'm still, no, I'm not hands-on, but I still do that and read about it and try to help women get into coding and, you know, be better at coding. We don't think uh, investing is the dark side. We like money. If you want to invest in Cup of Go, we can talk after the show. Uh, And Jordan, how about you introduce yourself? Uh, Sure. I'm Jordan. Um, I'm a software engineer, not into investing yet. Um, (laughs) Maybe one day. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I coded in C for about four years. Our condolences. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) And, And two years ago, I finally found out that there were new programming languages. And I moved on to Go. And I'm a low-level programmer. That's how I kind of define my job, which means that I hack a lot at the Go runtime. I'm really interested in how it works and how the GC works and like uh, all those internal stuff. Cool. Welcome on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thanks. (laughs) Let's put the title here. Uh, the title card first. The reason we're hosting you is because Women Who Go Israel is going back online. Definitely. Yes. And we're super excited about it. So to the listeners who don't know, Women Who Go, uh, I know them primarily as very good uh, swag producers. I'm holding (laughs) here in in my hand a cup. And I do not say this lightly, a cup that's better than the Cup of Go cup. Wow. Um, I I would say as good. It's bigger. It's like so, oh. like, this is my hand. I'm not the one who chose the size, so. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, other than uh, producing swag, what is Women Who Go about? And what is Women Who Go Israel? What's the difference? Is it the same organization, not the same organization? What's going on? Okay, so first, I would say that Women Who Go Israel was founded the first time uh, in 2017. I was doing my first steps. As a Go developer, I actually led a team and was looking for software developers to join. It was really hard to find Go developers back then, especially women. And I met, um, you know, the gals from Women Who Go from different chapters, joined the Slack channel and realized there's no Israeli chapter and there should be. So we started it back then. And when I stopped developing, it kind of died. So if you go to Go meetups, you usually see a lot of men and you don't see a lot of women, especially maybe it's globally. Jonathan, you can, you know, tell, you know, better. But in Israel, I was sometimes the only woman in a meetup. And it was scary. It's not an easy environment to go. I got some stares. I got some looks. I was a bit embarrassed. And I thought we should change that. So that's what we did. Um, and we practically women to go in general. And then you can, you know, share from your, uh, how you see it, of course, is a place for women to meet, to help each other learn Go, to be better at developing Go. It's a safe space to lectures and, and share your knowledge. Of course, we, If someone wants to join, you know, non-binary men, we don't say no. We do offer a safe space for women. I wanted to ask if if you were exclusively for women, but it sounds like men are welcome. They're not turned away, but that's not who you cater to. Is that correct? Exactly. Yeah. Well, we're we're yeah. focused towards women. We feel that 
there really is a need for a space like this for women, but there's like, we won't turn anyone away. Uh, we're interested in having like hearing what everyone has to say, especially because there are a lot of like prominent male figures uh, in the Go community. So yeah. Nofar, you told us the history of uh, Women Who Go Israel, the Israeli chapter, like what's going on right now? Yeah, Dan, you want to share how it happened? <laughs> Uh, sure. Um, I'm a Go developer and there are meetups in Israel for Go developers and they are nice, but I was wondering if there's more of a female-centered community, especially since in like ever since I started programming, I've always been around men. The teams have always consisted of only men, except for me. And I found women who go and I was really excited, but then I saw that they were pretty dormant since 2017 or 2020, right? There were a few posts back then. And then I, I found Nofal and I contacted her and I was immediately like, do you want to do this again? And she said yes. And I was really excited. Let's get the band back together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how, many, how many participants does the group have? We're at about 40, I think. Yeah. No We just kidding. started signups. So, yeah. Oh, wow. is, is that 40 on a mailing list or that's 40 who show up to a physical event or, or how are you counting that? So we haven't had our first physical event yet. Okay. Uh, but we do have, yeah, 40 on a mailing list and, you know, there's other people on our Slack channel and on our, uh, Twitter and Facebook. Mm-hmm. Great. Very cool. We will have the links in the show notes, but let's say I'm a listener and I want to join the movement right now, the, the community, uh, where do I join? Uh, Google groups is the best. That way we can kind of like push notifications. We don't send a lot. We haven't sent anything yet. Um, but when we kind of, figure out dates for a meetup and, and ask uh, for, for a call for papers to have people sign up. And then we will start sending out things and it's just the, the most convenient way. But if you're not comfortable with that, the next best thing is definitely our Slack or Twitter or Facebook. We have a lot of great things in store. So we are working. Uh, Yarden and I are talking constantly and, you know, I do a lot of ideation about how we want this new beginning to look like and it's it's very exciting for us yeah I think the reason that like we're 40 we're 40 women at the moment and I think this is a great number I think that from on one hand we're gonna have like a community it's not gonna be like me and Nofal sitting in a room and, and talking <laughs> hopefully not <laughs> yeah but then on the other hand it will be like intimate enough to like have relationships and have more of like conversation than like a big conference where it's kind of just like talks and a one-sided teaching experience. Yeah, hopefully also, Yarden, I hope it will be even more than that, you know, job offerings, helping women exactly. advance, everything we can do to help women feel better and be like better coders, feel better, advance in their career. Exactly. That's why we, we aim. It's, it's a lot easier when you have a community To do so always I just want to circle back to what you said about having just a few uh, women in a meetup I've been to a few of the go meetup meetups recently um, I've even talked in a few I have to admit that yeah it, it it's it's not a good percentage to me it feels a bit awkward and it was especially awkward when someone was uh, they got a we have a raffles in the Israeli go meetups And someone won the raffle. They got, I think, Goland licenses or like a book or whatever, like something cool. Um, and it was a woman. And the name, the, like they read the name and she like uh, put her hand up and it, like everybody was like, yeah, yeah, good woman. She was like, I'm just a person here. <laughs> It's fine. <Yeah. laughs> and then I got the next license by and I was really happy. And people were like, yeah, 
Let's go. <laughs> no, no applause, no nothing. So it, it's definitely, at least in the physical meetups, it's very, very felt. Also, when you walk into a backend development team, right? See a, a bunch of a yeah. uh, bunch of guys and one like one or two women there. At least in the companies I've been, it's almost always has been the case. I'd like yeah. to ask a little bit on, on the same topic. What experience can you share as women developers in general, uh, whether it be at meetups? or at the workplace, or in education, whatever, anything related to your career, what is it like that you're trying to improve, and how does Women Who Go help to improve those things? Because I, I, I have a very different perspective. I, I'm similar to Shah. You know, I, I see some of these awkward things happening sometimes, but I've never experienced it. What do you experience, and, and how are you hoping to help? Where to begin? I have so <laughs> many experiences that I'm still sharing with our entrepreneurs. Well, you know, sometimes... Male ego can be very, very harsh and women can take it uh, in a very wrong way. So I know when I led teams and I had, um, um, you know, uh, male team leaders, you know, colleagues, it was really, really hard to say something. I personally admit, and I'm ashamed of that, that I had to go to a friend of mine to say something so it would be heard. For example, if I knew we had scale issues in our environment, I had to go and ask someone else to say it instead of uh, saying it myself in our meeting with our VP R&D. And it was awful. I, I don't want any woman to feel like that. Knowing she's right, knowing she has, you know, everything back with facts, testing things and knowing where the problem is and not being heard. That's one. And sometimes, you know, even discussions in the, in, in a team can be very, very toxic if you don't, um, if you're not aware to who you're talking to and how they can react to that. So I think we also have a lot of imposter syndrome as women. And I think this is something that, of course, men has as well, but women are usually tend to fight with it and are challenged with it on a daily basis. And this is, it, it's coming from, it comes from a lot of discussions I have with other women, developers and non-developers. Uh, that's from my side, at least. So not very great. And Yarden, I see you nodding your head, uh, but maybe you want to elaborate. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because I kind of, I think of it as a, in a different light, sort of, because I've always like, first of all, I have habits that I'm pretty sure I picked up um, exactly because of what you're saying and the habits aren't to like go to my male colleagues and tell them, can you say this? But I've learned to like be louder and mm -hmm. to kind of repeat myself. I've even like had for a short time, I had the habit of just answering first and that would lead to like me being incorrect a lot of the times. Cause I would just like shoot and like say my answer. And my boss kind of took me aside and he said, like, I know, you know, the answers, but you're just like shooting from the hip and you're always like trying to answer as fast as possible. Why are you doing that? And I was just like, oh, wow, that is something I do just so because like if I'm the first person, then no one else can like override, you know, what I'm saying. So I think just like that's what that reminded me of. But also I think um, it's a place as the only uh, developer that's a woman in my company. I can say that I don't know how to better integrate women like and, and what I mean by that is that I know that certain phrases or like uh, how people treat me and stuff like that. Sometimes it's not, I won't say it's not okay because no one means any harm, but it's not ideal. It's not how like really inclusive places should treat like employees. But then because I'm the only woman, if I step up and say something, it may turn out really harsh mm -hmm. or make people really, really defensive. Mm -hmm. um, and then kind of you know, there are a lot of groups for women in tech and hearing other women saying, yeah, do this. It's important. I did it and it was fine. Or I did it this way. And 
it sucks that it falls on women to do it. And there are men that do this too, but like a lot of time it falls on women and women notice it more. And so having that community and people like confiding in each other and telling, uh, like learning on how to deal with these situations is so important. And I think having a community for that is great. I totally agree with what your Dan said. I don't know if you know, but Google has a course that it's called I Am Remarkable for Women. And it discusses exactly that, how to not sound too bitchy and but own your stuff like if you did something and you're proud of it make your team leader know make your boss know make sure you don't sound on one hand you know harsh or or too controlling but on the other hand don't shy away and stay quiet mm-hmm. yeah as a generalization uh male tech leadership can have a lot of ego and, and forget to listen in reality they're actually fragile like they, because they're just a person the moment you said tech egos for male uh, leadership i just imagined the elon and uh, zuckerberg cage match <laughs> that's on the news right now. like yeah yeah, it's it's probably difficult to be heard uh, under people like that. Uh, but you did mention, then you're the only female developer in your workplace. And that to me is interesting. Does your workplace and Nofar in your uh, memory, does did your workplace support this initiative? On the surface, it sounds great. Yeah, developers doing extra stuff and whatever. But as Jonathan knows even better than me, he's a uh, the community manager of the Amsterdam thing and and even just our little slack virtual community of this podcast being in charge of a community is it takes time it takes time it takes effort it takes mental capacity um, do your workplaces uh, support this is this something you do a hundred percent on your own did you get positive feedback negative feedback uh, yes and yes um, I didn't <laughs> like I kind of started it and then told my company because I like a lot of this is on my free time even if I wanted it to be on company time just like it doesn't confine itself to like I don't know 9 a.m to 6 p.m <laughs> mm-hmm. so a lot of it is on my free time the company does support and you know they understand and they like fully support when I need to take time off like there's a lot of like extra things I do I also uh, speak at conferences and stuff like that uh, just next week I'm going to be at GopherCon in Berlin so that's going to be fun so they do totally support it but it is on my free time definitely yeah shout out to Rookout for uh, for supporting Women Who Go Israel yeah <laughs> you didn't pay for this ad space but you're getting it <laughs> <laughs> nice work Rookout same with my workplace I was immediately this is the second community I manage um, to be honest one is for VCs so non-related, but the great thing about community, first of all, thanks to my bosses that are super like approving and they, we do women entrepreneur office hours as well, the fun. So not the first thing we do to support women and enhance women. Uh, but I told them we're gonna, it's something I already started. I want to work with you then and restart it and make it great. And they were like, yeah, sure. No problem. We know you know how to manage your time. And the great things about communities, to be honest, from my experience, is that people are super helpful and it's give and take and people contribute and help. And I'm sure we'll meet amazing women that would like to also contribute from their time and lecture and to hopefully not be like 25 hours a day (laughs) to, to work on it. So definitely. How can men or other non-women be supportive, be allies in the workplace, in meetups, without being 
awkward, you know, putting women in an awkward position of you know attention like Shai just described or making awkward comments. Oh, isn't it great? I was at a meetup or, or had someone describing a meetup where someone said, isn't it great to have so much beauty on the stage? And like just calling out, you know, feminine attributes. Like the people who now are like eyes are rolling. Like, okay, yes, we understand that, we, that you want to acknowledge, but don't be weird about it. How do we do this? <laughs> don't, don't be creepy. Exactly. Don't embarrass us. <laughs> I think I think a lot of it is it's super hard because a lot of it is not doing anything like out of the ordinary. Yeah. Or out of the ordinary. I've got, I've had, I've walked into a meetup and had some, had someone say, Oh, there's a woman here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't do <laughs> <Me> that. <too. laughs> there's yeah. no need to mention there are women or the la- like the lack of women that also kind of sometimes is weird um, uh-huh. to be like, Oh, we just wish there were more women here. Like you can kind of phrase it differently to be more like, you know, next time let's, you know, bring, I don't know, just try to phrase it differently. And I think it's a lot of effort to just notice things more than actively do. Like, I wish I could give you like instructions. Oh, go to work tomorrow and do this, this, and this, but it's not Mm -hmm. that it's more like just kind of have an eye out. Um, notice your female colleagues more a lot of times, a lot of times, like one of the, the main characteristics I think, or, or something like that. One of the main things that happen as a woman is that you're not heard enough in meetings and conferences. Like, you know, talked about this. It's definitely something that comes up a lot. Um, and it's really, really easy not to notice it because you're just like, oh, there's a lot of people trying to talk and only one at the end is talking, but it's almost Mm -hmm. never the woman who gets this like speaking right at the end. Mm -hmm. So notice that notice if like the conversation is getting uncomfortable for some reason and you don't be like, oh, wait, let her speak because that's also not good. But like maybe bring the focus to yourself and then let her speak, like do something that's not going to put all the focus on her, but also don't just let these things slide. Mm-hmm. I'd love to add something. If a woman comes to you and asks you a question, it can be technical about Go, it can be just general. Never react with, what, you don't know it? This is like so like, no. She had the courage to come to you and ask you a question. Probably not easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also like in our heads ask like help and and be there and try to assist and and leave your ego aside it's not the time to use your ego and uh and be as helpful as you can even if you're busy so worst case say can we sit together like discuss it in an hour uh, or look at your calendar and and find a time because it means the world probably to i'll actually double what you said nofal one thing i feel like in the workplace, it's very awkward to come to any marginalized group and say, because you're a marginalized group. And I'm the, literally the most privileged person on earth. I, I was at the Shmone Matai, which is like the gateway <laughs> to the high tech. Uh, I'm a guy. I'm young. I'm from the center. I'm healthy. Like I'm the, every single privileged group. The only thing where I'm not the most privileged is I'm go and not rust. You know what I mean? Like, but... Uh, as, as someone who does come from at least this position where I feel lucky and privileged in the meetups or in the workplace where it's not personal, it's very awkward to come and help and be like, I know that, sh- that you might need the, you could use the assistance. In a personal setting, this is something that you definitely can do. Like if you're a listener uh, and you're like me, wondering how you can help, if you have family members or close friends, people who you can get over the awkward hump with and just offer your uh, real assistant real time, be it knowledge, connections, or just giving uh, the time. Let's sit together for an hour and write a blog post. And mm-hmm. I know from personal experience, a few times where I tried to help friends uh, or family, um, women developers, I was like, ship it. This post is great. 
My experience was that maybe some reluctance. Oh, it's not good enough yet. I need to work on it more. It needs to be perfected. Same goes for CVs, right? Hand it in. Yeah, you have four years of experience. This role requires five. Four is close enough to five. Hand it in. And, mm-hmm. you know, men would just give their CV after two years of experience. Women will wait until they can double it. This is not <laughs> exactly. something you can do easily in the workplace. But for family members and, and friends, it's something I think you can do, definitely. I recommend it. Uh, I know it helped a few... Uh, Members of uh, minority groups, I should say, uh, mm-hmm. that are just close friends. Uh, so I think that when you listen, you could connect to these people and then you can actually offer assistance without being too cringy and, and just because they're people. And totally. <laughs> just make sure that they want assistance. That's, yeah, like, every, everybody I totally wants agree, help. But, but, but just make sure you're not like coming to someone and telling them, oh, let's write a blog, blog post and they're not interested or they have like 10 years of experience writing blog posts and they don't need your help. Uh, yeah good point cool i think most of our listeners uh surprisingly are not in israel but women who go is a a global organization if i'm not mistaken how can our listeners get involved wherever they are and if there isn't a woman who go where they live how can they do what you did and start their own chapter um, well, there are many, many chapters. I think back in the day, it was about almost 30 chapters. Today, I think it's like almost 50, but um, I, I need to check. So first of all, go to Women Who Go, Google it. There's a lot of information about it and, and look if there's a chapter. That's what I did. Okay. I looked for the Israeli chapter, was non-existent, created one after I specifically talked to the, the San Francisco chapter. Uh, for obvious reasons. And Sarah, who started it, was incredible and super helpful and sent me a lot of stickers. And as you said, we have wonderful swag and we're going to go for sure. I want the plushie. I'm like, since 2017, <laughs> I'm dying to get a plushie. Uh, but yeah, if not, first of all, we offer our help. Feel free to reach out and we can help always. Um, and if not, there's a woman who go Slack. You can always go there and ask and get advice and tips from different chapters around the world. And yeah, like the women of Go are very, very helpful and uh, nice, I promise. <laughs> Looking at the homepage, it looks like most of our listeners will probably find the chapter that's close enough to them. Yeah. Uh, right now, we the women of Go has chapters in... <gasps> Australia, Brazil, Canada, Germany, uh, India, Iran, Ireland, that could be a nice collaboration, Uh, Iran, (laughs) Ireland, Israel, France, Japan, Mexico, New Zealand, Norway, Russia, Spain, uh, Switzerland, UK, and a bunch of them in the US. You can probably find someone, something that's near you. Also, if if there was a chapter and it's not active anymore, just go ahead and talk to the... (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, reactivate it. Yeah, exactly. That would be fun, a collaboration with the Iran chapter. Maybe we could make <laughs> it happen. That's an interesting yeah. idea, maybe. Worth uh, checking out. For women sure. who go bringing world peace. <laughs> it could happen. <laughs> what is next up for women who go? Nofali mentioned a bunch of interesting ideas. Is there anything you can share with us or is it all confidential? Yeah, then you want to share your... Uh, so Yardan had a wonderful vision for what we want to do and how different it's going to be from regular meetups. So go ahead. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. So we do want to be different because we're not just like a meetup community. We do really want to be a community um, where where people connect more personal level, I think. And we also want to be a community that brings value by not just bringing like, you know, random go talks, like almost every single talk I've ever heard on technology has been interesting, but very few have actually been relevant 
to me. Mm-hmm. And so first of all, our, our idea is to ask the 40 women uh, in our group already, like, what would you want to hear? What would you be interested in? And then kind of go from that to find the right people to speak and the right topics to speak about. So that's that's what we plan on doing. And then also, if we get a topic and we find women who are professionals in this topic, then we can go ahead and ask them, like, even if they're not like professional speakers or something, like it's, it's a great way to actually bring women into the professional speaking space. And so we really want it to be more than just uh, just like meetups. But the next thing that's coming up is going to be a meetup probably in July. Cool. Awesome. Depends on summer break, of course. But I would also really, really want to maybe try to do a, a mentorship program internally. Wow, that's um, great. But if we see senior developers that can mentor uh, very young junior developers or women that wants to, to do their first step in development and can start with Go. So we're definitely uh, th- thinking about doing that. Yeah, off of that, I should totally say that Women Who Go is not just for women who are experts at Go. It's for any women with any level of um, experience with Go. If you're just starting out, if you just heard the name of the language and it interests you. If you like the gopher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you like the mascot. Uh, I guess my daughter's uh, on the list then. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, yeah my, let, mine too. Uh, yeah. She loves to, to chew on my, my gopher. <laughs> <laughs> She's seven so months cute. old. Oh, wow. <laughs> we have no age limit. Does she use Linux yet? <laughs> my two-year-old son does. Uh, Jonathan, you have to stop. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, ask. You ask. I'll buy you a Mac. That's the, that's my next goal. Uh, All right, I, okay. I know which one so I want. we're gonna set up a donation fund for Jonathan to get a Mac. But if you think that's not a worthy enough cause, I'll just want to mention that uh, Women Go has a donate button on their homepage uh, where you can do direct donations. Uh, if you're in Israel, uh, direct. I'll mention it to our listeners because they're probably high tech people. You should probably donate to something, not necessarily Women Go. Uh, because it's going to work out well for you in your taxes. Uh, so <laughs> it might be even worthwhile. And you also feel really good. Uh, if you don't want to donate, the swag is super awesome. I have a really cool Go shirt. Uh, whenever I go with it to a Go meetup, people are like, oh, cool shirt. And my daughter has the same shirt. So it's uber cute. So I highly recommend their swag. They have uh, really cool icons and the gopher. And I don't know, it looks like Captain Marvel or Wonder Woman gopher. Just a bunch of uh, cool swag. We in Israel, Chai, sorry, Chai, but we in Israel have falafel and the gopher is on the beach. So No kidding. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen our logo? You should go to the Facebook page. <laughs> I, I'll check it out. Uh, so if you want to donate uh, and support uh, Women Go, you can do it there. Uh, and also, we'll just put the link to uh, Women Go and the Slack in the show notes. So you can check it there as well. Very cool. All right, ladies. We always ask our guests uh, this terrifying question. I'll put you on the spot. If somebody held a gun to your head and said, you have to remove a feature from Go. What would you take out? Dun, dun, dun. I don't know if this is a feature, <laughs> but the make function like having to call mm-hmm. make on maps because otherwise my code crashes. I would like totally give that up. I'd pay for it to go away. <laughs> uh-huh. I like that. Wow. No, no nil maps. You just define it and it's, done, and it's ready. Exactly. Like it. Actually, why not? You go var map and if you don't call make, like it's to do the it reason for you. to call make. It's a good, it's a good question. Yeah. I can't think of a reason why that matters. Think of any reason why not to. If we've had time to implement clear for maps in Go121, we can implement yeah. the implicit. Uh, yeah. yeah, we'll see. And the flip side, 
What feature would you remove from Go? No. Uh, what feature would you <laughs> add to Go? Sorry. In my head, we already added uh, <laughs> the initialization from F. What feature would you add to Go? Maybe from a different language or maybe a library that you really like? I'm like into the, the language syntax. That's what I'm talking mm -hmm. about. Uh, I would like to stop Go routines. It's something that bothers me. Or to like know when Go routines ended. I know I can do that with like certain libraries and stuff. So you want to be able to like kill a Go routine externally? Exactly. Okay. That's it. I think it's so easy to open one. You just write go and it's even on brand, but you never can call <laughs> like, wait, come back. Exactly. <laughs> so add a stop to go with go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. But I don't know. Maybe that's too um, like too negative. There's no wrong answer here. We're asking your opinion. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, whatever you want. No, it's, maybe we it's too negative for the language to add that feature. They're like, no, we want oh, everything yeah. to be positive. You always add more. You always create. <laughs> yeah. Never stop anything. You can't write stop. Okay. Maybe we can find a positive word for a stop. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Just yield, like, like JavaScript. Yeah. Mm. Well, thanks a lot for coming on, uh, Nofal Nirden. Thank you so much. Unfortunately, it is time for us to stop. Yeah, to yield. Sadly. <laughs> yeah, we need, we need to yield the Spotify place on our listeners' phone for the next episode. Awesome. Thank you so much for having us. It was a pleasure. Agreed. Really it's been was. a pleasure meeting both of you. And good luck with the relaunch of Women Who Go Israel. Yeah, we're Thank hyped. Uh, Join our group. We will. Well, well not we you won't. specifically. But <laughs> <laughs> no, come and give some lectures. If I'm ever in Israel at the time that you're having a meetup, I'll probably stop by. Amazing. If that's okay. So. We'll save you some swag. All right, great. All right, thanks a lot. Bye. Bye, thank you. Well, thanks a lot to Nafar and Yarden for joining us on the podcast. It was really good to get a slightly different perspective on programming and go in more specifically. Um, I think it takes a lot of courage to, to try to run a group like that sometimes, um, which is unfortunate that it would need that. But I'm glad that there are people who step up and do that and take the time to try to help make the world a better place. Yeah. And uh, I stayed after the call, um, actually just on Slack and, and talked to Nafar a little bit. We switched to Hebrew and sort of uh, messed with Jonathan a little bit. <laughs> but apparently she lives like, I don't know, a few kilometers from here, really okay. close to me. Yeah. Uh, so we decided, well, we're going to do a listening party when this episode uh, comes out. We're going to grab a coffee and listen to it together and hope that it won't be too awkward. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So e meeting new people, even in real life, which is a first thing uh, for me on the show, at least. Yeah. Very cool. Thanks a lot, Nofal. Thanks, Erden. Good luck with the group. Keep up the good work. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Talk to you next week. Talk to you next time.